Hey guys, welcome to the number 219 ever episode of Witch Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn, and today we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. Guys, the Wizards have lost 10 in a row, and it's starting, and um, like 12 out of the last 13, it's concerning. So, my question to you guys today, should the Wizards be tanking for Victor Wamanyama? And it's kind of more of like a clickbait kind of topic, but we will break it down because this team is only winning 35% of their games this season, despite starting off 10-7 and seven with a very hot start, 10-7. and seven. Now all of a sudden you're 11-20, you're the 12th seed in the conference, and a lot of bad things are happening. So should the Wizards continue to try to compete, or should they tank? to try to get Victor Wemanyama and hope that the lottery odds go their way. Hope you guys do enjoy this episode. If you do subscribe, follow, share, view, because we will also be previewing the Wizards at Suns matchup tonight, which should be an exciting one. Again, hope you guys do enjoy this episode. And of course, as always, let's get into this. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn. So let's recap the last three Wizards games that I have not been able to recap, unfortunately. Um, I was able to watch parts of them. I know the uh, the Clippers game not as much because I know the Ravens were playing, and that wasn't much better either. Um, but in that Nuggets game, I don't blame the Wizards. In fact, the Wizards were actually very close to winning this game. If you really look, they played some great ball um, in, in that game. And I'm not going to lie. They really did. But, I mean, Nikola Jokic. I know the other night too. He um had what a forty one point twenty seven, forty one point twenty seven rebound tri- triple double, like that kind of thing. Like that's insane. He did that against other teams, but against the Wizards, he maybe wasn't that extreme, but still pretty darn extreme. Forty three points, fourteen rebounds, eight assists, five steals, and one block while being a plus twenty eight. And the only reason the Wizards were in this game was because they're of their bench unit. And even their bench unit plus minuses don't look good. When you put in guys like Anthony Gills or smaller guys like that, the team kind of transformed. And overall, you know, I get this game. You're without Bradley Beal. You're without Christoph Porzingis. It's a tough game. The Wizards actually held their own for most of it, considering that they were missing those players. But at the same time, they also didn't play great. Like, Todd Gibson was in the starting lineup. Like, things are going horribly wrong when that's the case. Daniel Gafford played well off the bench, so maybe it did work out fine. Um, 
Jordan Goodwin was good off the bench. Monte Morris was able to score the ball against his former team. Will Barton was definitely able to score the ball against his former team. And even though we had a lot of turnovers, I liked it. I've been seeing uh, more and more scoring from Will Barton. At first, I was a little concerned. He was kind of disappointing me in a Wizards jersey, bringing that up. You know, it's really important. But overall in this game, you can't get mad at the team. I mean, Kuzma had 24 points. It was a minus 24. So if he didn't have 24 points, he'd be a minus 48. Just think about that. So, you know, this is a tough game. You know, really... I mean, get Bones Highland uh, to play well off the bench. But besides that, you know, it wasn't amazing. Um, You know, I mean, you can't blame the Wizards again. Their players were out. I know they had a lot of losses. You can't blame this one on that. Let's move on to the Clippers one because in this game, Kristaps Porzingis was back. Unfortunately, no Bradley Beal um, up to this point. And even despite Paul George being out, I actually predicted the Wizards to win this game. Um, in case you don't know, they lost. And this was a very, very, very winnable game. Because the Wizards found themselves in a very, very good situation. Um, you know, up by seven going in uh, or at halftime around that range. They had a significant lead. And then poof, before you know it, all of a sudden the lead just disintegrated. And that fourth quarter was terrible. The Wizards just could not score the ball. They were turning the ball over. It was a disaster. Um, overall, they didn't, they didn't just have that player that could take over. Will Barton played great off the bench, 14 points. Daniel Gafford, thank you for your six points in 10 minutes. And really, uh, nothing that has really nothing that meaningful. Kristaps um, Porzingis, despite shooting 0 of 3 from, from 3. Had 19 points, seven rebounds, four steals, so he didn't have a great game and not a pretty decent game, you know, especially defensively. Kuzma, 17 points, six rebounds, a steal, a block. And what it seems has been the problem for the Wizards is like you see the allow they allow 141 points to the um, you know, the Nuggets, you know, 114 the Clippers before that, 121 in the Pacers, 115, 130. 117 allow, 113 allow, 127 allow, 130 allow. Over the stretch, it's been defense, 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 defense. The Wizards have not been able to play defense. And that's exactly why. In their first 17 games where they started off 10 and 7, the Wizards allowed an average, or the Wizards allowed per game 103.1 points. That was what they allowed. Since then, 118.85. That is insane. They just have not been able to play great defense. And in a game like this, where even when you don't have your offensive firepower and you're leading and you don't allow the other team to score that many points and you still lose, that frustrated me. I wasn't able to see the entire portion of the game, but that is frustrating when you see a team with a winnable game just blow it. It's very frustrating. It's just very, very frustrating. And then they decided to back it up. By having a close loss to the Lakers. It came down the you know, last few plays and all that. Uh, but eventually the Wizards lost. Kind of like how they have been. A lot. Uh, a short story. Um, you know, if we want to say this in a short sentence. Uh, LeBron James has still got it at 30, what, 38 years old. Um, <laughs> it's, it's actually sometimes insane though. To think about what LeBron James can still do with his age. But, I mean, overall, it wasn't just him. I mean, 
the dom I mean the entire team dominated. Thomas Bryant, I wish he could have put up sixteen and ten with us because he did that with the Lakers. Um twelve and seven for Dennis Schroeder, twenty one and three for Lonnie Walker, and then they had some consistent scoring off the bench. You know, of course I've been following the Lakers watching some of their games, but until you see Russell Westbrook play your favorite team is when you know that he really has not been stepping up at all. And he's kind of, you know, done. It's I hate to say it because we love Russell Westbrook here in D.C. We started this podcast. Russell Westbrook was on the logo of this podcast. If you listen to Wiz Talk with Chase, you need to love Russell Westbrook. It's just that kind of thing. Um, Again, we love Russell Westbrook around here. I'm never going to hate him. I'm never going to dislike him. He's always been one of my favorite players, and I'm sad at what's happened to him. But, I mean, he, the season, has just been, ugh. Um. It's it's very unfortunate, though, because he was a very talented player. And I think he still could have had a few more years in the tank if he stayed in Washington with that system with Beal. And I think the Wizards ended up winning with the trade, but the Lakers kind of ended up losing it in that sense. And um, I think now he would have started to regress, but I think he could have had one, one and a half more years of really good basketball if he would have stayed in Washington. But that wasn't what's best for the team. Anyway, that was a long story of me talking about how much I've loved Russell Westbrook over the years. Uh, Bradley Beal, uh, what's new? Bradley Beal scores a lot of points and the Wizards don't win because that's not the problem. It doesn't matter how many points Bradley Beal scores. If you cannot play defense, you cannot win a basketball game. I don't know what to say. I mean, this is like, a, if, if I said this score, you, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't choose out a game. Like, a, a good team, a team that pays their superstar $251 million would be able to say when they allow 119 points, oh, yeah, that was against the Lakers. In this stretch right now with this Wizards team, that could be any day of the week. Any day. Again, they're allowing 118.8. This is 119. It's like the exact same thing. This is literally what the Wizards have been doing now for a while. And even though Porzingis is playing well both sides of the ball, Kuzma got like every rebound in, in the in like he could have I mean he got like every rebound possible he could have gotten. Um despite Jordan Goodwin being well rounded, despite Daniel Gafford stepping up, um the Wizards just weren't able to get a victory. And that one was also very frustrating because the Lakers didn't have Anthony Davis. If they had Anthony Davis, I don't even want to talk about how much of a disaster that that game would have been. All right, let's move on. Um, real quick before we do move on to the preview, I just do want to say, um, should the Wizards tank for Victor Weminyama? Uh, this is a very big topic uh, when you look at different teams, and um, it's definitely a worthy conversation to have right now. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I want to get to the preview. Um, but Victor Weminyama seems like a generational talent. And I can have my discussions about Weminyama, I don't think he's going to be as good or anywhere close to as good as people are saying he will be. Um, One, because of his height and injuries. And number two, I just, I can't describe it when I watch him play. I just, the length, I just, I don't see his, I just don't see him coming out of here or coming, going to the NBA. I can see him having a very short career because of injuries. And, you know, you can't predict injuries, but all that. That's a different story, right? Weminyama's a talent. Should the Wizards tank for talent is a different question. You could talk about women, Yama. Should the Wizards tank for talent? Well, I mean, they've already won a third of their games, right? I mean, if you look at the standings right now in the Eastern Conference, they're 12th. However, they're just three and a half games above the last seed in the East. So, it wouldn't be like this crazy thing or whatever. 
Like, they are one of the bottom six teams in the NBA this season. It's unfortunate to say, but it's true. They're one of the bottom six teams in the NBA. Again, that's very unfortunate to hear. Um, but, it's, again, it is true. It's true. They, they have not been good this year. So they've already kind of been doing that. And, yes, partially of that has been because Beal's been hurt. But they've won just 3% of their more games when Beal's been healthy. So I think overall the Wizards won't tank for Weminyama or they won't tank for talent. But they also can't compete. So what I would do, I would tank. But at this point, can you? Because they have too much talent to tank. Like, it's really hard for a team with that much talent to be able to just fall apart and tank. That's a really hard thing to do. Like, eventually, like, Kyle Kuzma can accidentally win you a basketball game. He could try not to, but his talent alone could accidentally win you a basketball game. So my point is, they have too much talent to do that. I know teams have been interested in Kuzma, but they've already said no to that. I don't, the Suns were interested. The Hawks were interested. I don't know why they didn't trade Kyle Kuzma. I don't know the offer. But if it was a significant offer, I'd be very disappointed in the Wizards declining that. Um, but then also, you know, Porzingis is too, his contract's too big to trade. Beals is way too big to trade. They've already gotten themselves locked up in a contending situation with a non-contending team. And that's the problem. So, would I? Yes. But I don't think it is possible for them to tag for talent oh, with the roster that they have, the contracts, and also the talent. That could, like, accidentally win you a game, if you want to call it that. All right, let's go. Let's preview uh, the Wizards-Suns game. Uh, you know, we always roll. We start off with the injuries. Porzingis is questionable. He has an illness. This is non-COVID. And I know the flu's been going around in my school. I don't know if that has to do with that. I don't know. I know this is like a sick season. It's like December, January, this is like the season where all the players get sick. So hopefully he will be, will be okay. He's questionable. I do think he will play. And Rui Hachimura and DeLon Wright are both out. But the Suns have a lot of injuries. Cameron Payne, Cam Johnson, Devin Booker all out. Same with Jay Crowder, uh, Jock Landell, and Josh Koji. So uh, this is going to be tough. For the Suns to win without Devin Booker and Cam Johnson, who I think are two of the best players. And at first, I saw that Booker was out. I'm like, okay, I'll base my preview off this. And then I said, Johnson was out, and I had to change my whole preview because Cam Johnson's a big part of this team, too. And even despite that, because they're home, because they're one of the better defensive teams in the league, because of many multiple, multiple, because of many different, I should say, variables that will be taken into place here, um, I do have the Wizards. Taking a 109 to 107 loss. Um, I don't know why I share that because I needed to announce the starting lineup beforehand. The starters, before I do get into my prediction, Monte Morris, Bradley Beal, Denny Avdia, Kyle Kuzma, Christos Porzingis. You know the drill. For the Phoenix Suns with Devin Booker out, it's interesting. It's Chris Paul who has kind of had his worst year in a little while. Still good, but not like anywhere near scoring options or anything like that. Not the same Chris Paul we know. Landry Shaman at the two, Mikhail Bridges at the three, Tory Craig, who I'd always love to have as a Washington Wizard, um, at the four, and DeAndre Ayton, the guy who got maybe more money than he deserved, but still a very good player at the five spot. Again, I have the Suns winning this game 109 to 107. Again, it is very hard to predict a, the Wizards to win when a team has 12 losses in 13 games and lost their last 10. So it's kind of hard, but I wish I could, but I just can't. My covert's catch for this game is I think the Wizards need to contain DeAndre Ayton because with Devin Booker out, 
Um, Mikhail Bridges, I don't think he has enough scoring talent. We'll get into that. He usually would not have enough scoring talent, even though scoring numbers look good this season. I don't think he's just an overall dangerous enough scorer to hurt the Wizards. Uh, but Aiden, on the other hand, he can take over a game. He's a very dominant pick. I'd say he's the second-best player in the Suns this year. But it's Kristaps Porzingis' job to keep him in check. If he is contained and he's not able um, to do a lot of things, it's only going to make Mikael Bridges' job much harder and all these other scores. And they have a lack of scoring um, with all those injuries that they do have. So if he's contained, it makes everything else much more open and it allows Beal, Porzingis, and Kuzma to be able to be super dominant on the offensive side of the ball to give the Wizards the victory. But the problem with that is because my surprising statement is that I think Mikael Bridges will score more than 20 points in this game because it was the title of of, of last episode, the Wizards cannot guard guards. They cannot guard scoring guards. And even though Mikael Bridges isn't an overall dangerous scorer, as I just mentioned, I think he'll have more than 20 points in in this game, and that's my surprising statement because even though he's not as big of a scoring threat, a good scorer elevates their game. A decent scorer can elevate their game when going against the Wizards because they don't have the perimeter defense to guard those scoring guards. Mikael Bridges will continue to do that. He'll have more than 20 points and you know expect them to be lights out from downtown. He's always been a really good three-point shooter, but now going against the Wizards, expect him to be a very good three-point shooter. He's already shooting 40%. He's going against one of the worst three-point defenses in the NBA. That's not going to turn out well for the Wizards. Again, expect them to be lights out from downtown and lead the Suns to victory. Spread time, the Suns are seven and a half point favorites with the over-under at 223 and a half. Uh, I would pick the Suns and I, I mean, excuse me, the Wizards, and I would pick under. I only have 100, 216 total points in my game. My over-under would be 220 and a half, and I'd have the Suns as five and a half point favorites. Fantasy outlook, I have DeAndre Ayton getting 50 to 60 fantasy points. I Because I don't think he will be held in check that much, even though he, he'll be somewhat, but not much. I think Bradley Beal will get 50 to 55 fantasy points. Kristaps Porzingis will get 45 to 55 fantasy points. And Mikael Bridges will get 30 to 35 fantasy points. What punctuation do you put on that percentage? I think ESPN giving the Suns a 64.7% chance of winning is a little off. And I get that the Wizards have been terrible since, honestly, around Thanksgiving time. But the Suns are missing Devin Booker and Cam Johnson. They're both good scorers, but especially Booker. 28 points per game on the first team last year. He's just an amazing player. Uh, Missing those two, that is going to be tough. And if Bridges is quiet and the Wizards are finally able to guard a scoring guard, um, then the the Wizards could maybe pull off the road upset. I give the Suns more of like a 59, 60% chance winning, but not nearly as high as 65%. Last but not least, who you got? Actually, real quick, before we do that, I didn't have much enthusiasm. I do want to say, these ESPN percentages, they're overall usually very good. But like, if you just look at this UConn-Georgetown game tonight, by the way, great. If I'm a UConn Huskies, we're 13-0. and 0, uh, Very exciting. But like, in the span of like, Three or four minutes, Georgetown went from 59% favorites and then at the 10-minute mark, and then at the 8-minute mark, UConn, or at the 8.52 in the span of like two minutes, it, the UConn then on an 80% chance of winning. I know college is different and runs matter more and all that, but I just am going to say these percentages are sometimes off. That's why I want to rate them and give my own personal opinion about them. And last, but as you always know, certainly not least, who you got?
I think it's going to be Bradley Beal. I think Bradley Beal will have a very good scoring night tonight. He's been playing really well since he came back from injury. at 29 points last game. And even though he'll most likely be guarded by Mikael Bridges, who is usually a defensive player of the year candidate, uh, like he was last year, defensive first team, all that stuff, um, I think he's capable enough to score points. Also, the Suns' three-point defense has been very subpar this season, so I expect Bale to improve his three-point shooting, which is he, which he has struggled at this season. He really hasn't been able to shoot it from downtown. I think he'll attempt more free threes, and he'll make more threes. Uh, so we'll have a nice game, which is the team will come just short of a victory. I see him having 26 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, no blocks, 6 of 14 from the field, that's 42.8%. 7 of 4 from downtown, that's 57.1%. Uh, and then 5 of 6 from the line, that's 83.3%. He will have three turnovers, being one of the primary scoring options, as the Wizards will get, they'll come close to a win, but unfortunately, will get their 11th straight loss. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, review. Tell me what you think. Should the Wizards try to take from Victor Weminyama? If it is even possible, I'll put that question down there. Enjoy the game tonight. Let's see if the Wizards can get an upset. Um, I do. If you do want to check out some of my middle school commentating, Chase Parker YouTube channel, Instagram, website, all of that in the description. You know the drill. I uh, hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, review. Let's hope the Wizards can end the streak. I'll see you next time. Peace.